0: you're listening to the diarist a red couch black dog production Episode 13, The New Andrea
1: Jealousy grew. It gnawed at me. It was at first a little seed. I began to see how love can make you crazy. Not crazy in love, Doris Day or Sophia Loren. Truly crazy. Maybe that's what it was. Something had driven Margaret crazy. No, I knew it wasn't Richard. It was something else. Someone, I guessed. Oh, and I had time on my hands. It was true. If it wasn't Margaret and how she'd gotten into her predicament, then it was Velvet Maud. I could drive myself into a state of fury over the thought of her taking my place.
2: The Guiding Light Presented by Ivory Soap, the most famous in the world and does the soap that does everything in your washing
0: machine.
3: Now then, you've been to an attorney. Yes, of course. And he told you, just as I'm going to tell you, that you and Kathy are married, regardless of what counsel your mother must have received. The fact that Kathy signed the register as Kathy Roberts instead of Kathy Lang.
4: All right, then. Richard. All right, then, Richard. May I pour you a drink?
3: Yes, well, then.
4: All right then, Richard. All right then, Richard. All right then.
3: There's no use denying. If you wanted to get a divorce.
4: You are a terrible
1: girl, Velvet! You are. Hello? What are you doing? Oh, Richard! Darling!
3: Tell me, darling, what is my little wife doing this morning?
1: All the boring details?
3: Yes. Absolutely. All the boring details.
1: At the moment I'm polishing furniture.
3: What are you wearing?
1: <laughs> My green dress.
3: Pretty. I like that on you. And an apron?
1: Of course, of course. House cleaning requires it. The uniform of a housewife. <laughs> it's very dirty
3: work. Labor of love, I imagine. Tell me, what else?
1: More boring details? Well, I went to the supermarket. I exchanged pleasantries with the butcher. He predicts snow for Christmas. Is that right? Yes. He's seen it before. He claimed a rainy November brings Christmas snow.
3: Well, it hasn't been so rainy.
1: I bought a pound of ground beef and two chickens. I'll roast chicken for dinner with Father on Sunday.
3: I'm sure he's mad about you. Father? No, the butcher.
1: (laughs) Oh, I don't think so.
3: I'm sure of it.
1: Well... Now that you mention it, he only charged me 39 cents a pound for the ground beef.
3: You don't say. What's the usual price?
1: 39 cents.
3: I see what you mean. That's awfully forward of him. Well,
1: we've known each other quite a while. It was about time.
3: (laughs) I'm crazy about you. You know that?
1: I'm crazy about you.
3: I miss having you here at the office.
1: I miss you, too. Labor of love, yes, but I have no one to flirt with.
3: How would you like to go somewhere tonight?
1: I would love to. Where?
3: Where would you like to go, darling?
1: You pick. You're better at it than I am.
3: How about dinner in a jazz club? Dancing?
1: That sounds like fun.
3: What will you wear? What should I? How about I have Velvet call and set up an account for one of the boutiques? Or better yet, have them call the office and will set up an account when you find something. A dress, something I like. Sexy. Maybe a little daring.
1: I'm... I'm not sure what you'll like.
3: You know my taste.
1: Why don't you come shopping with me? That way I'll be sure. You can meet me. It's not far from the office. I can put on a fashion show for you.
3: I wish I could. I have too much work. I trust you. Very sexy. And tasteful. All
1: right. All right. I'll try. I want to please you. Can't you just meet me for an hour?
3: I can't. I'm tied up here.
1: All right. I'll finish my work here and I'll go downtown straight away. I'm meeting Father at Central Park anyway, before I get Margot.
3: Is he coming to the apartment on Sunday?
1: Yes. This old flat is starting to feel very small. I hate the kitchen. Or rather... Well, if he comes to meet you and he sees we're together...
3: He already knows, doesn't he, that we're together?
4: He does,
1: but it's not
4: as
3: if... Hold on a moment, darling.
4: Excuse me, Mr. Hayes. Yes? Mr. Hayes, there's an urgent call from Henderson's office.
3: Take a message. Tell him I'll call him right back.
4: I'm sorry, sir, to interrupt your call.
3: I said take a message. All right, sweetheart, I have to take this call
1: she not working out? Not competent? Velvet? Yes.
3: She's a very good secretary. Why do you ask? I don't know. Sure you do, darling. You ask because you're hoping she'll fail miserably.
1: (laughs) That's ridiculous.
3: That she's terribly incompetent?
1: I didn't say that.
3: You're a jealous girl. You don't want any girl to fill your shoes.
1: What does that mean?
3: I mean at the office here.
1: No, I'm not jealous. I just love you. I want to be the one to help you.
3: I'd rather you be my wife. We'll fight over this later. Get something pretty. Tomorrow we'll take Margot to see Santa Claus and pick up a Christmas tree. Why don't you find a new dress for her, too?
1: Yes, of course.
3: You'll have time for all that, won't you?
1: Maybe I should cancel with Father?
3: I'm sure he'll figure it out.
1: It's colder than I expected. Really cooled off since this morning.
3: Mm. Mm hmm. How's your
2: Frankfurter?
1: Delicious. Let's go watch the skaters. I miss skating with them.
2: It's a bit of a walk.
1: I'm going that way anyway. I have a few errands to run after.
2: You know, I remember you skating in the winter here with... uh, What was that girl's name? That that friend of yours.
1: Juliet Matthews?
2: Yeah, that's right. Juliet. Uh, You ever hear from her?
1: No. We had a falling out in high school.
2: Hmm, I don't remember.
1: Yes. But we were best pals before that, all through childhood.
2: Her mother was single, isn't that right?
1: Yes, I believe she was. I hardly noticed. She was usually at our house.
2: Yeah, that's right. Mother called her second daughter.
1: Mother was so much more amiable back then, wasn't she?
2: Oh, I don't know. I I wish you two would patch things up. I I think it's really getting to her, this this distance.
1: The two of us? Really, Father, you know it's all her. Don't you know I tried?
2: No, I I don't know you've tried, and I don't agree it's all her. I I just don't agree that... Yes,
1: you do. I've tried. At least admit you know that. It seems like you're taking her side all of a sudden. Why are we stopping?
2: I'm stopping here to emphasize my feelings, Andrea. You may not see things this way, but consider how it looks. Enough is enough. What looks?
1: Honestly, Father, are you as... Are you on her side? What have I done?
2: Living with that man or whatever you're doing?
1: Whatever I'm doing? Listen to you. I swear I was talking to Mother right now. Has she turned you against me? Besides, you know it's not like that.
2: Yes, it is. You've invited me over for dinner with him and his child. And? And is this how it's going to be from now on? That little apartment of yours?
1: Just come out and say it.
2: There's nothing in this for you. It's his game. You're being naive. The invitation... uh, Am I supposed to pretend, Andrea? Pretend you're living a decent... Well, consider
1: th- the invitation revoked.
2: Now, don't turn me away too, Andrea. Don't you see what this is doing to you? I hardly recognize you. You've abandoned your life for him.
1: Is that so? I thought you understood me. I don't have anyone anymore. No one on my side. I thought you always were on my side. We've always had our secrets. I I thought you understood, but you don't at all.
2: Well, maybe it was my fault. I, that's what your mother says.
1: I don't understand. I, I'm happy. I'm in love. It's not...
2: He's married with a child. But you know as well as I do that she's very ill. Enough is enough. You've had your fun. Fun?
1: Do you think this is fun? This is miserable. I have no one... You're such a hypocrite! Andrea. Yes. Well, Mother and I agree on one thing. This is all your fault. I can see it now. You've used me just the same as she did. You have your broken dreams. I can see it.
2: All right, let's talk about something.
1: Go to Paris. Go be an artist. Why in the hell didn't you become an artist instead of-
2: All right, let's let this be. We don't don't want to say things. We don't
1: want to- No! You two had no business having children. Why did you? Why did you decide late in life to have me?
2: You're talking nonsense.
1: Do you understand I have nothing? I'm happy with Richard. Look, I have a ring on my finger. An engagement ring.
2: Let's go watch the skaters.
1: No. No, I won't. I don't want to walk with you anymore. Entertain you. Let you live through me. Don't contact me again. Now,
2: Andrea... I'd still like to come on Sunday. Doesn't that show? I'm open-minded. Just stay
1: here! I'm leaving. I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want anything to do with either one of you. To think my own father would side with Mother and the Morrises. You're all cruel.
2: Andrea, Andrea, wait!
1: Don't just... Don't! It was done. I had no one left. I believed my parents could be something they weren't capable of. Not even father. He liked keeping me just the way he wanted me. Just the same as mother, and I was straying from his dreams. He could see I was taking the reins of my own life. Still, other than Richard, there was no one. It was an awfully steep bet. I cried the entire way to the shopping district. My face was freezing from the wind and my tears. I honestly didn't feel in the mood to try on dresses and imagine his eyes following the curves of my body. In all honesty, I wished for nothing more than a quiet night, a bath, alone in my apartment. My nerves were frayed when the young woman with copper hair approached me at Chanel. I'd already exhausted myself at Bloomingdale's, Henry Bindle, and Dior. The woman had a friendly smile. Creamy complexion.
4: Oh, it's cold. Let me take your coat, miss. Thank you. What are we looking for today?
1: I'm going out with my fiancé tonight. Lucky you. Yes. He's asked me to find something. Something he would like. I'll call and his girl will open an account here with you.
4: Very well. Yes, I'm sure we can find something. You are just lovely. Any of our evening dresses would look stunning on you. Tell me, what is your fiancé like?
1: Well, you know, he's a very wealthy man.
4: How lucky for you.
1: But also, well, he's quite modern. He's not executive.
4: Yes. Let's see what we have here. Do you like any of these?
1: Well, I I want to find something he'll like. Something that will surprise him. He's always in charge. I I want to shake him up a bit.
4: When a woman feels beautiful, she looks beautiful. I'm sure your fiancé. What's his name? Richard. Yes, I'm sure Richard finds you lovely in most anything. How about this strapless with lace bust? It accentuates the curves. Back zip. Would you like to try it
1: on? No, it's lovely, but I... It doesn't seem... It's not... uh, I want to surprise him. Get
4: his attention. Of course. It's not what you're looking for. Here is a lovely... I
1: like this one over here.
4: Oh, yes. I don't know why I didn't suggest... I'd like to try it on. Of course, I'll help you come this way. The the off-the-shoulder is very sophisticated, fitted, sleek. Marilyn Monroe owns several in this style. This very dress. Is that right? Yes. Here, it will be lovely with your complexion, your dark hair. It's spectacular.
1: You know, maybe I'll have my hair... Maybe I'll change.
4: Become a blonde, right after I purchase the dress. Oh, is that right? You would be lovely. You're a very brave girl. What a surprise for your fiance, Richard. Here, let me zip the back. Step out. Let me see you. It's the height of controlled fashion in Paris. It's contoured, but alluring. It's also called a wiggle dress. Wiggle dress? Why? Yes. Walk a few steps. You see how it's tighter at the knee? It puts a little wiggle in your walk. Accentuates your curves. We have Marilyn Monroe to thank for that. Wait, I'll find shoes. You'll need heels. Yes.
1: Yes. This is something he'd like very much. It is so lovely.
4: Try these. And let me see you. You're... Why, you're breathtaking. I am, aren't I? What a surprise for Richard. Any man would envy... I'll take these. How much is the dress? It is...
1: Oh, that much. I I didn't think it...
4: Would you like to see something? Is this out of your price comfort? Yes, I'm I'm afraid so. I got all caught up in the fantasy of it. Why don't we telephone your fiancé's girl, the one setting up the account? We'll simply ask her the limit he set. No mention of the gown or the cost. Then if it's beyond the account limit, I'll help you find something equally special.
1: I don't know. Perhaps I got carried away.
4: Perhaps you're underestimating Richard. Maybe he wants you to make him feel a little overtaken by you. If not, I will find a lovely substitute. I promise. This is the perfect dress. He'll love it. Shall I call Richard's office?
1: Yes, I suppose so. May I use your telephone to call my housekeeper? I'm scheduled to retrieve my daughter at nursery school. Your
4: daughter? Oh, I thought you told me you were engaged. I'm sorry.
1: No, I, I am. It's my fiance's child. His first wife, well, she passed away some time ago. He has a little girl. I,
4: I call her my daughter. Oh, I'm so sorry. Poor child. She is so lucky to have you for a stepmother. Oh, I'll bet she's darling. Yes, <clears throat> yes.
1: I- I'd like to arrange to have her picked up so I can have my hair done as a surprise. Oh, I must seem so capricious. I'm just madly in love. I'm afraid it's made me a little crazy.
4: I envy you.
1: Are all the girls this way
4: when they're engaged? I mean. Sorry. Oh, dear, are you starting to cry? See, I told you I was capricious. I'm fine. No, you're not at all. Are you worried about the price? I'm sorry. I've been pushing you into it. You haven't.
1: That's just it. It's so important to me to do this for Richard. The dress, the shoes, my hair, all of it. I suppose I was nervous about you calling his girl. But I'm
4: fine now. Are you sure? Yes. All right. You may call on the customer phone in the dressing room. I'll telephone Richard's office. Where did you say he worked? He's a partner at Rothay's and Johnson. Oh, my. Very well. I won't be a moment. Oh, and what's his girl's name? Velvet. Velvet Maud.
1: Oh, Mother, you wouldn't believe my life now. Hayes residence. Hello, it's Andrea. Oh, how are you, dear? I'm just fine, but I'm afraid I'm running terribly late. Is it possible for you to pick up Margot? Richard asked me to buy her a new dress at Bloomingdale's. We're taking her to see Santa Claus tomorrow. And maybe a little coat and muff.
5: Yes, I wouldn't mind at all. It's just that, well, Mrs. Hayes is having a spell. Again? Things have been very bad since you took her out to lunch. Mr. Hayes was furious with her. Furious? Yes, he threw the clothes out, carried them all the way to the garbage cans downstairs. Really? He had Margot stay at Ellen's house two nights last week. There was so much shouting. I brought her there myself, and then a change of clothes the next day.
3: He
1: hasn't mentioned any of this to me. Why didn't he ask me to take Margot? Why would he involve Ellen? I don't know. He always has. You
5: know, before you and Miss Maud. What does Velvet Maud have to do with it? He has her run errands at times. She's his secretary. But I'm perfectly capable. Why was he shouting at Margaret? What did he say? I don't know. He sent us away so quickly. I thought they never spoke to each other. Ordinarily, they don't. I will oh. I down the I over will she be all right if you leave? I'll give her two extra pills. She'll sleep. Then I'll bring Margot back. Mr. Hayes said he'll be taking you out to talk about campaign work? Yes, that's right. I don't judge you, Miss Davies. Why on
1: earth... What is there to judge?
5: I know you don't work at the firm any longer. No, I don't. I know you spend a great deal of time with Mr. Hayes. Yes.
1: I just wanted you to know. Thank you, Elizabeth. I'm very worried about Margaret. If you think she'll be all right with extra medicine. Oh, Elizabeth, I forgot where I was. I'm at a dress shop downtown. Thank you for taking care of Margot. Of course. Please don't say anything to Mr. Hayes about what I told you? Of course not.
4: So, what did he say? I spoke with a secretary. She said there was no limit, and she said he suggested you buy yourself a stole as well, whatever you want. Really? So I think you should listen to your fiancé. You know how men are. You wouldn't want to disappoint him. No, I, I think you're right.
1: I'll take the dress and a stole to match. The shoes? Yes, those too.
3: Andrea? Are you here? Why do you have the lights out? Yes. Why are the lights out? Where are you? Oh, darling, what have you done? You've changed. Yes. You don't look like my darling housewife, Andrea.
1: I'm not. I'm her very bad twin sister, Andrea.
3: Is that so? Wait. Don't turn the lights on just yet. I suppose you smoke, Andrea. Why don't you come over here and get a cigarette for me? Come, let me look at you.
1: No. I'm not as timid and obedient as the old Andrea.
3: Is that right? Yes. We'll see about that. Come over here, kitten. Let me have a look at your hair.
1: I'll come over there. But you can't touch me.
3: Come over here. Look at your hair. It's beautiful. I love it.
1: You like it? Shh.
3: Come here. I am here. Come closer.
1: I told you I don't have to do what you tell me to do.
3: Yes, you do. You know you do. Alright. Here, take off the stole. I want you to go stand in front of the window.
1: But everyone else will see. Go
3: stand over there.
1: Alright. What do you want me to do now?
3: Turn on the light by the table. Now. Remove your dress.
1: There. It's off. What should I do now?
3: You're making this very difficult and I can't concentrate.
1: What am I doing?
3: I'm afraid you've set me off balance. I don't like to be off balance.
1: Well, come here. Touch me. Make love to me.
3: No. I'm gonna finish my cigarette while you perform for me.
1: Perform? How?
3: I want you to remove everything. Slowly. I'll tell you what to take off and you'll do just as I say.
1: Or what? Don't. Or what?
3: Don't try me, darling.
1: Maybe I want to try you. Maybe I want to see what happens if I don't do as you say. See what happens if I take control.
3: Is that right? You're already doing what I say. Now, put on a show for me. I want you to remove your stockings slowly. One at a time. Then dance for me while I have my cigarette.
1: There. There. Like this. like it your hair yes yes is it terribly foolish
3: you look beautiful sophisticated there's nothing foolish about it I like you as a blonde wish I thought of it myself it's stunning
1: it's all right that I bought the dress it was very expensive
3: you can buy whatever you want
1: and the store
3: whatever you want
1: I'm cold. Come put your arms around me.
3: Here, put your stole back on. Look at you. You have marks and bruises. Your wrist is so delicate. It's burned from the scarves.
1: Yes. I'll wear bracelets. Pearl, or- And here.
3: I've hurt you, haven't I? Do you do it just for me? Let me be so rough?
1: No. I like it.
3: Are you sure? We don't have to. I want you to know I love you.
1: But that's what you like, isn't it? You like things rough.
3: Yes. But it seems you soften me up. I don't want to hurt you. I love you. I want you to know how much.
1: I want you to. I'm hungry for it now. Maybe if I hadn't learned it from you, I'd be different. But I'm glad for it. I find it passionate. I like how much you want me. I like that. I do want
3: you, every minute. I think about you all the time. Now this new you, I can't stand it. It scares me to want a woman this much. You have power over me, Andrea. You're so silly to worry about other women. Don't you know you drive me crazy, even if I pretend to be cold or upset with you?
1: makes me crazy. The jealousy. And when you ignore me...
3: Well, I won't do that anymore.
1: Why do you like to hurt me?
3: I said it doesn't matter.
1: Do most girls like you to do that? What? Like things so rough.
3: No. Some do.
1: What kind of girls do?
3: That's not a kind of girl. Some girls like it, and some girls don't.
1: Did Margaret?
3: Margaret and I do not have an intimate
1: relationship. But when you first met, you must have.
3: It wasn't like that, Andrea.
1: I'm not your wife. Well, what was it like? How did the poor girl find herself in this situation? You took
5: me as if I belonged to you. And you made I'm it. the
3: one who found myself in this situation. Please leave this humiliated.
1: alone. But can't you tell me about it? I don't understand at all.
3: I've spoken to an attorney. I'm going to file for a divorce.
1: I imagine that would make her happy.
3: She has nowhere to go.
1: I'm sure if she had money, some clothes, you could see her off. She says she has a friend named Dottie.
3: As long as she... I'm her guardian. I can't just do that. Dotty doesn't exist, Andrea. You know that, don't you?
1: But not if you divorce her. You're not her guardian in that case, are you?
3: Yes. She's not of sane mind.
1: I don't understand. Don't you? Are you saying you're going to have to... Are you saying you're going to have her sent away? For good?
3: Yes. I've spoken to an attorney. The girl won't know the difference. They may be able to help. There are options.
1: Certainly, the options aren't very good. It's not like living a normal life. What about her family? Doesn't she have family?
3: Arrangements have been made for her to go next week. The papers will be signed by the end of the week.
1: The divorce papers?
3: Yes, and the papers for the hospital, the commitment papers. I'd like us to go to the city hall immediately after
1: Get married next week?
3: That's right.
1: I wish it wasn't shattered by Margaret's ill fate.
3: The two lives are separate. She's a poor girl with a tragic affliction.
1: What about Margot?
3: The girl is frightened of Margaret. You know that. She's suffering because of the situation.
1: I feel terrible.
3: Because I want to marry you? That makes you feel terrible?
1: Of course not. For Margaret.
3: I'll see that she has the best care. There are treatments that are very promising.
1: I know the surgeries they do are dreadful. They're just terrible.
3: Why? And how do you know that? From something you heard or read? I don't think they'll do surgery. She needs help. I suppose so. And even if they did, do you know that for some disturbed patients it can make their lives very peaceful and manageable? She would be safer and taken care of. I don't know what the doctors want to do. They've mentioned surgery, but they've also told me about other treatments like insulin therapy, shock, medication.
1: But she's already tried medication, and I'm sure treatments... Andrea, look at me. Yes?
3: Do you want to be my wife?
1: Of course I do. Do you love me? I couldn't live without you. I love you desperately. Every time you're angry with me, I feel as if I want to die. Shh.
3: Don't say that, darling. I love you, too. Come here and kiss me. Let me look at how beautiful you are. I think you were right to change, to become a new Andrea. You're going to have a new life soon, everything you've ever dreamed of.
1: Despite my guilt, and yes, there was quite a lot of it, I was going to stand by Richard. He would be my husband soon enough. That is what women do. I wasn't going into anything blind. I knew he was a man who got what he demanded. I also knew his home life was plagued by what I could only conclude was a a series of bad decisions. Mistakes. Margot. The pregnancy, of course, but, but also his course of action with Margaret. My guess was that she had been troubled long before Richard. My guess was that he as a man was limited in his capacity to understand his wife's needs. He should have dealt with this long ago. Perhaps he did not have the strength until he found me, until he found a woman capable of satisfying his appetite for power, and also tender enough to stand by him. I was in love with Richard Hayes. Margaret should not have sought me out as a confidant. I was the last person she should have trusted. And even if my suspicions that at least some of her hysteria were theatrical, then all the more reasons she should have taken control of her life and changed her circumstance. Hadn't I done that? Hadn't I altered the trajectory Mother had marked in stone? All those years dragging me towards a future, now that I could understand, would have been an imprisonment worse than Margaret's. You see, Margaret was free. She just didn't know it. Her prison was invisible. As for mother and father, good riddance. The blonde, sophisticated Andrea Hayes wants nothing to do with them in their provincial attitudes.
3: <laughs> ¶¶
0: Hey everybody, it's Donna here, the creator and co-producer of The Diarist, and I have a few things to share with you. First of all, I cannot believe we're at episode 13. Um, There are four more to go and an epilogue, and it just gets more intense from here on in. Um, I'm also next week releasing a bonus episode, and it's going to be um, you don't have to watch it for the for the storyline. Um, it's going to be a lecture by Dr. Walter Freeman, who is the famous lobotomist from the 1940s and 50s, and it's a fictionalized lecture based on a, one of his journal articles in the Yale Medical Journal. So I think that should be fun, and he will be introducing a special guest from the show who underwent a lobotomy. I'd also like to thank and credit all the actors who have worked on The Diarist. Um, they are always in the line notes and on our website at thediaristpodcast.com. But I wanted to thank them directly here um, and uh, give a just a shout out for them. We are so lucky that we all have each other um, and are starting to form uh, a little company. And we've been talking about what's next for us after The Diarist, because um, we only have a couple more months. We've got some great things on the table that we're looking at. So first, I want to thank Beth Ricketson. She plays um, Andrea, or Andrea. The, now she's Andrea. You'll see. Um, she is a native of Southern California, and she um, she's a longtime member of the Eclectic Theater Company in North Hollywood. She co-adapted, produced, and performed um, shows for that company. Um, she's also worked in film. Theater, and um, she's uh, now an Oregonian and amazing actress, as you've seen. Ryan Bowen, he plays Richard, um, so you know him as Richard, and he um, has performed in numerous musical and dramatic productions. Uh, he studied acting in Boston, and then he, re- he um, returned here to study film, and he's a longtime member of the improv troupe Playback PDX. Uh, Corinne Elena, she plays um, Margaret Hayes and she also plays Lucy. Um, She didn't give me too much of a bio but she studied uh, theater at Reed College and she is recently moved to do a very um, prestigious uh, acting program in Los Angeles, California and so we were so lucky to get her uh, during that interim between Reed and moving to LA. Uh, Darlene Sorensen, she plays mother Aunt Ellen, and she again didn't give too much of a bio, but she's a um, uh, she's a, a local actor and she's acted in a bunch of plays. She's a member of the Playback Theater Troupe, drama therapist as well as a stage actress. And Eric Schneewind is he plays Stephen, the charming handsome Stephen Morris and he also plays Father in The Diarist. And he is a professional voice actor, professional uh, script writer, and also a stage actor. And um, hopefully, um, he's I'm going to get him to uh, collaborate on a, a script, writing a script, and definitely acting in more scripts here uh, for our group. Uh, Nikki Flynn, she plays... Velvet Maud. And she um, is a professional actress and teaching artist, and she resides in the Pacific Northwest. She does voiceover work and also uh, live theater and film. And um, Pearson Rintz, he plays um, the Dr. Freeman and various other roles. You might recognize him as the concierge. Uh, He's a professional musician and music teacher, and he's excited to be a part of the diarist. um, And he's a voice artist, an actor, and he's also a teacher. And Emerson McRaven is an actor and he also did the voice for our trailer. He's also my stepson um, and he's also worked in film, music, video and writing where he maintains a blog. Um, And Heather Dowling, she's the actress playing Elizabeth and other various roles and she is a uh, voice actor. She's also a, a Montessori teacher and a voice actor and an artist. Um, And then finally, last but definitely not least, is my husband, Ben Green, who um, does the sound engineering consulting, helps me with design, does all the tech stuff. Um, So he is what brought the diarist to uh, the professional level of sound design that we have now. So those are our actors um, and crew. We also have two dogs, Nika and Jackson, who you sometimes hear on our show. Um, And then I just wanted to leave you with a couple of um, recent reviews um, and also um, a shout out to some podcasts that I found that I just love. And so I just, you know, hopefully I'll be putting more trailers on here. Um, And these podcasts, there's many that I found, um, but these several in particular deal with um, mental illness, which is becoming more and more a theme, um, a very salient theme in the diarist. So first, a couple of uh, reviews and um, Bellow Collective reviewed us early on and they said the diarist is what you get. If Mad Men and Jane Eyre marry and have a baby, where Secretary becomes a professional assistant to a prickly and strange executive and falls in love. It's about regular people in the 1950s making bad decisions. The Voice Leads in particular are instrumental in creating a haunting story about people that could have been happy. Um, So that was written early on and uh, we see that, yeah, uh, they're making very bad decisions. Um... Another reviewer wrote, Queen's Queens Mon, wrote, I am fully addicted to this story. Anytime characters give their listeners such a strong response, it's probably safe to say it's an interesting story. Uh, another iTunes, I love everything about this. Bravo. Uh, and um, so there's more and more. But anyway, a couple of podcasts you should check out. These are of the true crime and true crime and storytelling genre. The first is Pretend Radio um, and I found this podcast a while ago and I binged everyone. one. Um, it's called Pretend Radio and the story, I mean the story of the podcast talks about or tells stories of people pretending in one way or another to be someone else and so this could include crime, there's a story about um, uh, someone who went undercover and, and dealt with like drug kingpins and so it's it's an amazing story and in fact um, they I'm going to be uh, there the Javier Leva who is the producer and host and uh, creator of the show is going to be doing a story about my mom um, and I'll share more about that when the time comes um, but uh, just keep it in your mind that it this the podcast is about people pretending to be someone else so there's some intriguing stuff there um, I also want to do a call out to a new, new, new one that I love, and that one is called Targeted, a domestic violence uh, podcast, and I love it. But I will warn you, it's um, it deals with some very intense uh, topics. The first season follows one story about a domestic violence case in 1972. Um, the first episode's a little hard because it talks about. Um, the the crime against a child and but then it uh the the podcast is done by um a college professor and she she brings in a lot of the uh, mental health background and so like when you watch (coughs) true crime i mean when you listen to true crime podcasts a lot of times the there's big question marks like what about the person's psychology or how this happens or sociological events or legal and so she unpacks that through um academic research but it's completely accessible and so well done i love it and um i'm hoping i'm not sure that we can find the crossover but i'm hoping once we get through the diarist towards the end we really deal with some mental health and um i don't want to say too much i'm hoping to interview her um and the Last one I want to share, there's so many, but is one I just found actually through Targeted. And um, this one is called Innocence Was Bliss. And, and this is, um, it's well, I've only listened to the first episode, but the first ep- episode dealt with domestic violence. But it's just really, really well done. So anyway, those are calls out. I'm missing some. Um, I uh, was featured on or interviewed by Unstructured Radio by Eric Hurley, and that's a great Um, interview program because it, you know, it really allows you to kind of go deep and he, the interviews are longer and it's, it's listening to deep conversations with some amazing people. And he's interviewed uh, libertarians. He's interviewed uh, uh, very successful podcasters. He's interviewed, um, I think one of the most recent ones was a porn star. And so it's a really great program. A couple of, uh, a couple of, fiction podcast if you're into sci-fi check out exoplanetary if you're into um just kind of pulp romance there's a really cool one uh called minute pulp romance and they distill an actual pulp story into one and a half minutes and so it's really cool so anyway i could go on and on i'm obviously addicted to podcasts but um also if you get a chance i was just interviewed for a radio program called rape declaration project for WBAI in New York and I I talk about my own experience as a sexual assault survivor Um, I was worried that it was going to be too uh, you know too triggering for some people but I it ended up uh, Reverend Jay Grace is the interviewer and it ended up just um, she really we really talked pretty deeply about activism and some of the issues with um, how police investigate rape so I'll put all these in my line notes Um, what else can I tell you? I think that's about it. So yeah, so check these out. And um, I am so excited to uh, post the uh, bonus episode this week and also for the next episode in a couple weeks. Thank you so much for listening. I almost forgot. How could I forget? One of my favorite podcasts. Um, we're all mad here. And uh, I think we've done, we've run a, a promo Before about We're All Mad Here, but we have collaborated with Rachel Diamond. And her podcast is um, each episode is a different uh, story about mental illness, either historical or um, notable or um, sociological. And these podcasts are so well done. Um, I'm pretty addicted to these as well. And um, I think I'll tag on um, her. Uh, her promo here um, just because it's getting the mental illness stuff is getting more and more relevant. So anyway, thank you all so much.
5: Hey podcast listeners, are you looking for something a little bit different? Then tune in to my podcast, We're All Mad Here. Join me, Rachel, as we talk about creepy facilities, some pretty questionable cures, as well as checking up on some famous and not so famous people who have dealt with mental illness in their life informative scary and with a little bit of sarcasm if you enjoy learning about the truly crazy parts of history you're going to love we're all mad here episodes come out weekly and i hope you'll join us